0: Twist it, cause she's over. Twist it, cause she's over. Twist on me,
1: twist on Welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. This is me, William Porteous, your host. I hope you're doing well. I've uh, I've got to say, it's going to be an awkward one for me today, talking because I'm very uh, waylaid by a heck of a migraine. But I, I've got to got to do something got to put this show out otherwise you, you know Rosie the, Rosie the dog isn't, isn't going to do it she's she's lazy and um, I don't think she can anyway even if she could she probably wouldn't so I hope you I hope you're well this this migraine I've got is a, is a bit of a beast it's, it's been going on and on now for like two days and um, I think it's getting I think it's dropping off now which is good thank Thank God, but yeah, this this week is a is a good, it's a really good conversation. This this episode, I really really love it. Jenny is such a sweet person, so talented, and there's so much to her. So obviously, you know, you know her from from Fleabag, uh, Boo, the character, and by now you'll be very familiar with um, the the whole the whole gamma of of, of Fleabag and its extraordinary success. If you haven't watched it already, then you're probably, I don't know what's wrong with you. You probably think, if if you haven't watched it by now, you probably think it's about fleas in bags. And you couldn't be any more wrong. Okay, it's not about fleas in bags. Give it a go, give it a go. That's what I suggest. So the conversation is very wide ranging. We talk uh, a lot about um, Jenny's uh, stage career. Which is very interesting to me, and, and and I know you're going to love it. And we talk about FGM as well. We talk about um, her, her acting with um, on on set like Ridley Scott and what have you. And yeah, we really we go all all over the place with her her writing as well. It's it's a really wonderful chat. She's a very chilled out, laid back lady, and I really really enjoyed this conversation. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to for uh, looking forward to that to bringing you that. In the meantime, why don't you check out my uh, my little website there. It's got that short film on that I've been uh, harping on to you about. It's called The Name. It's on the website somedaysarediamonds.co.uk I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it. Dark comedy, beautiful scenery, what have you. Yeah, you'll enjoy that. I know you will. But we've got, in a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe sooner, we've got a an episode I'm putting out with the guy Steve Almond, the author who has written a book about a book. He's written a book about Stoner, one of my favourite all-time all-time favourite books, and he deconstructs it the whole book uh, from obviously start to end. Wonderful, wonderful book. I want you to read that for the feature novel idea. Yeah, the feature that we have in this podcast it's called novel idea. It's a terrible sounding feature but i thought i'd just get on with it who cares and if you can uh, if you can wrap your eyes around that book it's going to help you enjoy the the show that forthcoming episode a little more i think and it's a what it's a wonderful book seriously it's small tiny life yet enormous significance it's a wonderful book and that'll probably be in a couple of couple of weeks i reckon so i'm giving you a heads up but yeah, it's been a mad busy week for me. Oh my God, I know why I'm so exhausted and struggling at this particular second to try and get this done. It's, uh, yeah, it's lots of interviews I've been doing, which has been wonderful, and then lots of work in incredibly hot weather. Yeah, I, I'm at the moment I'm trying to set up a, a conversation with some really cool people and it's a very stressful process believe it or not you wouldn't believe it would you like you think just putting a few emails out there to it's not that stressful but it really is cuz you know you do have to jump through a few hoops with some people to to get the to get these people uh, here for you and it's a lot of hard work editing it as well so yeah and uh, but it's it's good i mean the reward is is pretty is pretty amazing you know i just had a i just had a really good chat with an old musician friend of mine called John Amor and it was wonderful I had I had no idea about so much about him and I cannot wait to bring in that conversation I think that's the delightful thing about doing this podcast is you do end up in, in situations you wouldn't have ever thought and I know it's only via, it's via via Zoom or Skype or what have you but it still means a lot Still, still, there's still a connection and what it'll be like when this is over when I actually get to meet people and talk to them again I almost can't believe I used to do that. In certain circumstances, I, I wish I hadn't. I wish I'd just stayed at home and, and done it that way, but uh, done it via Zoom or what have you. But then there are other conversations I, I recall with people like Jonathan Bartley, and um, that's the co leader of the Green Party. And he's. We just ended up walking around St. James's Park, I think, like round and round in circles for about an hour. And it that was I mean, he says, what a lovely guy as well that that was a good that was a good moment but I think I'm going to record the preamble for the next show on my walk tomorrow I've decided to go go rogue and go on a a, a walk for a couple of days on my own um, with a wee little tent I just bought from Halfords like twenty quid what I'm really terrified what the hell does that mean twenty pound tent what does that is that going is that going to leak is that going to blow away. Is that anti fox? Are there are there wolves out there that are going to be able to scratch through it? Well, I'll take Rosie with me. She's a great deterrent. So there's going to be me and Rosie walking on the South Downs, and then me and Rosie Rosie camping in a, in a tiny two man tent. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. It's just something to do, isn't it? It's something to do. Uh, why not? Why not? I wonder if uh, you've been doing any of that. But yeah, I, also just before I go, I, I, I'm. I'm presuming that most of us aren't going to be going on a holiday this summer. And for those of our, for those of you that are, well, great, and staycation and what have you, definitely. But for those of us that aren't going abroad or have had holidays cancelled, it's a pretty shitty time. Um, I was just wondering if you want to send me an audio file of your favourite memories of your holiday. Maybe a minute or two long. And I'll just compile a few and stick them in the show and yeah it can be a happy moment a sad moment a poignant moment Uh, I can give you one I remember going to Boulogne on a on a day trip to uh, (laughs) a day trip to Boulogne funny that and on on the old uh, Eurostar and we were in the middle of a square a beautiful unbelievable day on the beach we had and went into the centre of the medieval town that hadn't been annihilated by the Allies in their bombing and then we just sat there, and I was only about 17, 18, tasting beer with my dad, thinking, oh, wow, this is amazing. I'm having beer with my dad. This is so great. And uh, back, you know, before it gets all, before, yeah, I, 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 basically, I, I had this moment where I was, I think it was one of the first moments of my life where I stopped, everything slowed down, and I just looked up around me, and I just looked up around at the architecture, the sky, and everything slowed down very, very much and I really learned to appreciate a new, my new surroundings and new foreign climes. Hell, you know, it's Boulogne, let's, let's get it. You know, it's not Kathmandu. But still, it counts. And that was a mini holiday and that was just a very... And then this jazz band started up, This jazz festival actually just started, just, just came out of literally nowhere. And it was just this suddenly atmosphere just took off in the middle of this medieval uh, sort of square. And the atmosphere just went crazy, and it was a beautiful moment. And um, there are loads more, loads more of those kind of things that I've got. And I was wondering if you want to help bring some joy to other people's lives and to mine. Basically, it's just about me. Then please do, and you send that audio file to the Limehouse Podcast at gmail.com. You can just record that, record it on your phone. Doesn't matter. Who gives a crap? And it would be really cool. It'd be really, really cool. So you yeah, look. Before you go don't forget check out my short film if you can it's a really cool way of, of helping me uh, I don't know stay positive and it's uh is it the uh, it's at the where is it god I'm really struggling sorry my head is not where it should be I'm very tired the oh no it's not it's not that address what is it it's some days dot Sundaysadiamonds.co.uk. That's where you can check out my short film and the comedy pilot. Short film is a sad but happy, uh, dark comedy, uh, beautiful countryside, la 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 la, a bit of beach in there as well, a glorious sun, sunset and what have you. I'm a genius writer. Enjoy it and enjoy this conversation. Jenny is a wonderful, generous human being, and tell you what, her agent is an absolute angel. Here's the Jess. She's an absolute lovely lady. Rock on, people! I don't know if you, Are you aware that Lynn Shelton, the uh, director, passed away? I know. Uh, yeah. Like the day before, it's, rather.
2: It's nuts.
1: Yeah, it's horrible. And I was, I was due to chat with her this evening, Hi. which is I horrible. Oh my I god! Couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, I was like, "God, yeah. I'm
2: so sorry." Yeah,
1: I was. I was on Twitter and I saw a post from Tan. Tan. Yeah, it's so freaky. Honestly, it's so freaky because I was just sat there sunbathing yesterday, uh, really enjoying the rays and music, and actually thinking about conversation with her, and um, yeah, just. Out of nowhere, that's absolute missile. And then listening to Mark Maron's podcast this morning about about it and um, about his feelings, and it, it was just heartbreaking—the most heartbreaking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, but hey, what a what a downer! For you know, what a way to start a conversation with someone that I've never met before.
2: <laughs> I know, but I'm so sorry. That's so it's horribly shocking, um, especially if you're going to speak yeah. to her today. Yeah, it's horrible.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, it's weird. These a strange so weird, time, but, but, um, but also, you,
2: we, yeah. How's the connection? I think I might have a tiny delay.
1: Um. I think there's a small delay, but it's absolutely fine if there's a small delay, because I can just, like, yeah, it doesn't matter at all. I, um,
2: okay.
1: In fact, I, I can, if there's a small delay and you say something clever, I've got at least two seconds <laughs> to try it and... <laughs> do you know know what I mean um but yeah no it's been really awesome because I I watched I was watching um Fleabag last night I've been I binged it um I'd already done that before like a year or so ago I can't remember but it was absolutely extraordinary to catch up with it again because I'm never really offered that opportunity with um with with people that I I chat with because it's either like I don't know the world of politics or um or what have you or or music Mm. you've got to listen to like six out albums of someone's work um this do you know what I mean it's like uh to sound like you you really know and so but obviously prior to Fleabag there was quite a lot going on right so you you started out um you, you did you like have a a deep passion for acting as a kid and and you just followed it like a arrow from the bow or, or was it a more of a snake-like meandering?
2: I should have a formulated answer for this question, but <laughs> at school, I went to a girls' school, I went to a girls' grammar school that was really, uh, quite a high pressured school, but a state school. And they were very much about getting through the hoops, getting the grades, all of this. And, uh, I think, I, I think I could be quite rebellious through Mm. that one corner of being um, noisy and annoying. And like, I remember being at school and pretending to cry in a class and my mate got in trouble. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. (laughs) It's
0: quite (laughs) powerful,
2: you know. But um, uh, I have have a very creative family and uh, we're always surrounded by theatre. And uh, so it wasn't an illogical, situation but I did go to university and I did try lots of jobs and I was always of the mindset that I don't want to be begging uh for scraps my whole life you know there's too much invested in my uh upbringing from so many different people to end up not not working so I've always Hmm. been like on the lookout I've always known that I'd get out if it was too damaging um so it's It's definitely where I feel so most happy with the people I feel happiest, but uh, you've got to be careful with this stuff. And I talk to my friends a lot about, we call it drudge and the dream. You've got to be careful with what you put up with for this, like people call it the mistress of their, of, you know, their creative ambitions and,
1: but
2: as much, yeah, it's a relationship.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and it's also a job. I mean, uh, I my yeah. first actor I ever spoke spoke with on the show is um, played David Archer in the Archers, and he's been doing that. for oh, yeah, like yeah, hundred million years, you know, like Brian Cox, billions cool. and billions of years, you know, um, <laughs> and and yeah, you just get that feeling that it is. I mean, people have an extraordinary perception of actors in terms of um, stratus they're all just, they're either Tom Cruise or there's a middle ground and then there's there's nothing. And, and it's absolutely bizarre. And you've got, you know, people people do this for a living. So it's, if you, what you touched on there, you know, you've got to be aware that um, when the cutoff point comes, you know, when it's like, it's no more like, there's no more, not validity as such, but it's just, it's just the struggle. It's just not, it's what some people go through to get, ahead in in acting is it extraordinary you know so for you yeah when when do it was it was it worth it when was it worth the struggle do you think
2: after university I I tried lots of jobs I did whatever I could I worked for um I worked in fashion I worked in PR I worked for a charity and at the same time I applied for drama school and I was like it's got to be at every stage I've been like it's there's got to be enough meat in this Otherwise, I'd, I'd just go and be, I'd, I'd rather teach at a nursery school than do nothing. And just there's only so much waiting and hoping people can take. But what I've learned is there is so much people can take. <laughs> and I do worry <laughs> about how much waiting and hoping people will invest in certain things, you know?
1: Yeah. No, um, no, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah.
2: But, you know, I, I got, I did, I did rather, and that was the happiest time every day I, I just for the first two weeks I walked down around with like my jaw on the floor that I, we were able, allowed being allowed to do this all the time um and then I I've always had enough work to to, to survive but you know there's me, most years maybe even most years uh me and my mates are not above the tax threshold you know that's very normal most people aren't above eleven grand. You know, it's not. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're pe- they're people that work in theatre ten months of the year. So theatre's like four. It's often five hundred pounds a week minus tax and agent. And I think it's important to talk about money, um, as much as possible with all this stuff. Actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. No. I think, I think you're right. I mean, it's it's a it's a job. You know. Yeah. Like, what do you ex-
2: it, it's it? Yeah, it's, I, I suppose I've seen friends miss out on things and I worry that they gave too much, you know, when the kids don't happen and things like that. But let me turn it around and say that there is so much joy in it and it's, it it is worth it. And you can, you can say the argument, you know, one half hour of it going well is worth two years not working. You can say that, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I think especially if you get a massive fuck off great advert, like I've got a friend who is going to be in a (laughs) a film, a film of mine, and he, he, um, he ended up getting an Amazon, uh, he played the evil villain in an Amazon advert, not so long ago, like all of about three months, months ago. And, you know, that's, Crazy, the turnaround—you know, the turnaround of fortune. Yeah, but yeah. you're absolutely right. But you know, it's it's funny because I think it's a, such a job of the heart, such a passion, isn't it? And if you, it's impossible if it's a, it's a job. If, sorry, if the passion of the heart, then it's anything—acting, goddamn sailing. I don't know why I use sailing as an example, but but <laughs> any, anything, you, you got to do it. And the problem is, it's like you said, if you get into it, where. You, you are sinking a little bit and it's starting to get really bad, but because it's the passion, the heart, you can't stop. You know, you, it's kind of like, it, it. it's such a, it's such a bizarre job almost, but not necessarily, but like I said, so many other things, so you take that with a, take them to a relationship, couldn't you really? You know, so many people in, in relationships.
2: Yeah, true. And this, this, the thing about acting that's, that makes it the most stupid job, I sometimes think, is uh, if you're a musician or an artist, you can do it. You can keep doing it. You can do it in your bedroom or you can do it in your sheds. You can create content. Um, it's harder with acting. It's collaborative, obviously. Hmm. But I have to say, yeah. it's like oh. it's also like a religion. People, when theatre goes right, it's transcendent, you know. And same with a good same with a good TV show or a good film. And it's worth
1: it, yeah. What What was um the What's the most transcendent experience you've had then? Like, are we just going to go straight to Shakespeare? Is it going to be <laughs> or or, a, um, or mid, Midsummer Murders or something?
2: I wish it was a Midsummer Murders. If you saw the light on the Midsummer Murders, um, I well, oh, there's lots of tra- I mean. It's the little things, isn't it? It's the little things. I remember, for example, at drama school, there was a bunch of people at, uh, at RADA when I was there who are now extremely famous. And one of them was Cynthia Aviro. I don't know if you know her. She's uh, she's now won a I Tony not, no, Award. Sorry. She's an actress who works a lot in America, but she's got this extraordinary voice and she's won Tony Awards and things for, for, for doing um, a production of The Colour Purple. I remember sitting outside waiting for music lessons. Yeah, I was like, you used to wait in the evenings for your music lessons. Sometimes you'd be waiting till nine o'clock and it'd be all dark. And you could just hear every room full of uh, someone trying to sing. (laughs) And uh, one of those rooms was Taryn Edgerton, And one of those rooms was Cynthia Vero. And you just knew you were with sort of, like there was some God given talent Being able to listen to that on the evening in a corridor, in the dusk, you know that those moments are amazing. It's usually moments of watching other people that are the most beautiful. Um, Another, I I I did the Tempest with Simon Russell Beale, and he, I remember watching him in tracksuit bottoms, um, practicing one of the speeches in that for the first time, just in a rehearsal room. There was about two of us in the rehearsal room with him and in a tracksuit he just got down on his knees and um did this the final speech from the from the tempest with his uh staff i was like wow that's that's special yeah watching people am- try things this is is so uh, humbling isn't it
1: oh my god yeah i mean i i i did I did acting at school, even though it was a full-on sports school. And the first year acting was introduced, like acting classes. It was like an alien ship had landed. Yeah, they <laughs> didn't na- na- know what to do. So i I went in. I went in for the kill. I absolutely loved it. I, I played Algernon in *The Importance of Being Earnest* like age 14, oh, 15. Great. Yeah, perfect. I, I, date. Honestly, I know, and it just it was so infectious. It's inf- it, it infected me, and I and I. We had the Lambda come over and do exams at the school. I and I did really, really well. First time in, I did well in anything, anything like just I could barely spell my fucking name. I'm not joking, I could barely, I couldn't spell my name till I was uh, <laughs> till I was seven, no, eight, I think. I couldn't spell my surname anyway. Um, yeah, and it's just one of those things. And then, and then obviously, you didn't happen for me because it just didn't, and um. When you go, you see a play. I went a lot to the Ivanano and Guildford. Um, yeah, and it's 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 just extraordinary. It's like you you forget the power of of live theater, theater live theater, of theater. You know, it's, it's 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 actually when you haven't been for a while, it's actually you forget the in, the intimacy, but also there's a, a a moment of um in like it's intimidating to be in a theater. <laughs> where you know like oh my god you know anything literally anything could happen like good bad or whatever um you yeah know, hating it and, and then you've got to sit there what was like what was your first bit of theater that you saw as a, a a kid and thought you felt the electricity as it were
2: i was about 12 and i saw um there was quite a famous production of much ado about nothing with um matthew McFadden and I think it was Saskia Reeves. I guess Matthew McFedgian had just come out of drama school, I think. And it was electric and it was chemistry on stage. But he lit a cigar at one point and I was 12. And my I made my dad crawl across the stage in the interval to collect the matchstick. Can you believe that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's so cute.
2: So it's, I just remember being like, need something of that. I need something of that that I can steal. Yeah.
1: Um, so like it's a, pl- a plectrum, a blue
2: tactic Yeah, I, it's a plectrum. a gl- blue tactic to my wall. Um, <laughs> the the trouble is, is I think like I'm, I now know people who are working with those guys and can tell that story. And I says, yeah, <laughs> you've got be, yeah. But um, and I also saw there. Was, I also saw um, uh, Peter Pan at the National, and it was in the days where they used to do those massive sets on um. Uh, you know, where they would turn around. Awesome. And it, they had like mermaids jumping through the floor into pools under the stage and stuff like that. Just couldn't believe it. Peter Pan arrived from behind all of our heads. Wow. Uh, and we were kids. We were like, what the hell are they doing? Right,
0: yeah. What are they this doing? This is dangerous. That
2: was really good. <laughs> this is dangerous and very unexpected. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. I love it because my, I, um, I, I remember really crappy Amdram. When I was a kid, and 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 still obviously loving it, adoring it, and then um, I went to see them I think it was the Master Builder with Patrick Stewart at um, Guildford, uh, even Arno again, um, yeah yeah, Surrey boy here, and and but it was it was it was it was, it was great, but it was um, it was a bit too much for me. It was just a bit too much for me, and yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, having having said that, I saw Pete Pothsworth do Macbeth, and that was. That I think that just blew my mind, you know, really did. Like that guy, oh my god, he was unbelievable.
2: So such He's... a visceral actor. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I I just w- with the delay, I, I it's funny because I keep on, you know, I don't know whether to chime in or not. But um, I and me too. Certain... I'm the same.
2: I hope I'm not interrupting you.
1: No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's likewise. It, it but it's um it's my end as well. But I was just thinking about um. Those early days are so romantic. I mean, I remember even seeing just Buddy, but yeah. the, the the musical in um, in, oh, in the yeah. West End, you know, and just being like, "Oh my god, people swear!"
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, in terms of like, because what it's it's one of those things where people either go right theater forever, pure, one hundred percent. Got the wooden floorboards in my veins. or
0: they're
1: they're a bit more like um transient I don't know and and they kind of go not necessarily where the money is but where the work is yeah money work but interest as well where where did you start to think tv film that kind of thing
2: um every project's got its own um ups and downs I, I think the i think theatre is is hard it's tough it's it's the i think it's the craft in its purest form but you, ha, you have to wrestle with yourself every day don't you because you've got to make it true for the hundredth time or the 300th time so you get yeah. to do all these really they're quite exciting like dares with yourself about how to do that but and, and with your friends you know the the colleagues are, are everything really but TV and film is so luxurious because you get to walk into the real world of, you get to walk into your character's bedroom sometimes, or you get to like, you know, every, every millimeter of your, uh, costume is perfect. (laughs) You you get a lot for free that you don't have to make up. Um, and it's also, uh, fast. You, there's not, there's often not much time to play, but, um, it feels safer TV and film because the critics are more gentle. You, there's there's no terror like a press night, and you can see people writing while you're talking, and it's it's tough. Uh, with TV and film, people never write personal comments about actors that I tend to notice. They'll generally say, "Does it work as a piece or not?" Whereas I think with theatre, there seems to be a you can say what you want about. Uh, individuals and sometimes i think it's it's backwards because critics our critics are the toughest in the world but at the same time the actors are the worst paid in the world so i sort of think they should be a bit more gentle on theater actors um i didn't
1: i did not know that what's happening there so the the theater reviewers are like really pour a lot of scorn on on actors, then I I I I was not aware of that. That's that's pretty brutal.
2: No, no, they don't they don't pour scorn. They are just very rigorous in their criticism, and they'll go through in much more detail what a, a TV and f- film it it is. There is there are of course critics, but if you do an episode of, or if you're an actor on, call the midwife, and probably a very brilliant actor doing some brilliant things that you've done. For years, you won't be scrutinised at the same level as if you do a season that's very arduous at, at you know a small fringe theatre in southwest um, England or something.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think
2: it. I think. I mean, that's just my. That's I basically. It's it's. It, I think it's just that I'm terrified of press nights. I think it's hard to avoid stage fright. Uh, when you when you know all the papers are in, do you, you have you have seen Birdman? It's much more gentle. Yeah, yeah. 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 when Ed,
1: Ed Ed Norton comes out on the press night with a massive erection on <laughs> onto onto, onto the, was it, <laughs> a, acting with Naomi Watts, that is um fucking absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Just thinking about it now, how much I love that film. Have you? Oh man, <laughs> was, how much of that rings true, or is it just too much hamminess for you?
2: no i think i i loved it i think the anxiety and the the like yeah i think it was i think it was great
0: yeah funny old world isn't it you
2: know yeah but i i don't want to do it down especially at this moment where we're all worried about what whether it's going to exist in a five years i'm sure it will but it's a tough time for theater and it's something it's it's i think it's one of the jewels in our crown our,
1: uh, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, you talk to any actor, like to any actor, any performer, director—they're all like you know Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Globe, Globe, whatever, like English, British theatre. You know, Hallowed be thy, you know, stage boards. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 was at the, um, was at the Globe. Oh my god! I'm being so stupid here. Uh, By the river, one without the roof, Shakespeare. The, the, right, the
0: Globe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway they they were doing five pound tickets last summer and i think i went to nearly every single one did you uh, did you stand yeah i i stood yeah yeah standing five quid and they just saw you know someone walking around with some ales it was great yeah you know you just buy (laughs) beer off someone watch some shakes but it was fucking amazing and i'm glad you mentioned much to do about nothing earlier because that really i loved it absolutely loved it that and um um, 12th Night, I think that would they were two fantastic plays, and yeah. I, I didn't, I won't, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't get it all. I can't, I just, i no, 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 bit over there, but it's a bit over my head. But it's so, amazing. oh, you have to
2: remember, none of the actors, none of the actors know what they're saying till like week three of rehearsal, they really don't, not a clue,
1: really. I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: not a clue they look i mean that's that's what they're acting is looking like absolute assurance but it takes so much work to understand it. there's a whole there's weeks of uh translations round tables
1: god bloody hell that's a that's a big one isn't it that's a that's a commitment translating god that's like it's another language <laughs> god almighty but what um so yeah we, we touched on fleabag earlier but you, you were in prometheus is that correct
2: yeah, I'm in Prometheus. Prometheus was my first filming job, um, and uh, we went. It, it was like a reshoot. I'm literally, I'm, I'm in it for one second. I, if I could, if this was being filmed, I would show you what I do. I literally stand up behind a rock, surprised. But then yeah. what happens is there's a strange edit where I do it twice. So there's a <laughs> s- sort of strange continuity for a 300 million dollar film. I stand up twice, and uh, but Excellent. basically it was a reshoot. <laughs> <laughs> a reshoot at the end where i think they got a bit more money to just put the first scene in which is set in the isle of sky where they're looking at the caves and um so yeah it was it was nuts so i like what i just like what the hell is going on i watched a porta- a, a portaloo being helicoptered up the mountain for for ridley scott and then like another portaloo being helicoptered up for the for us and then like sausage pasta was holi- helicoptered up the mountain. So there was a big budget, but I've never like a sausage. A box of sausage pasta was helicoptered, hanging off the bottom of the helicopter. <laughs> um, we had a we had like a private plane from Stansted to get there. I didn't it didn't give me a very realistic view of normal filming. I have to say. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, when Ridley Scott's in town, right?
2: <laughs> I know, but I remember we were in the hotel. There was only one hotel in the Isle of Skye, and he, he and his um, top people were actually very kind and very friendly, and they bought us a drink in the hotel and stuff like that. But I remember watching breakfast in this hotel, and there was a discussion where it was—it became clear that the bref- the hotel only had instant coffee, and I was like, "You're going to give Ridley Scott instant
0: coffee?" <laughs> 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 and I think they probably did.
2: I I watched avidly.
1: (laughs) My God, that man, like he's, he's done it all, hasn't he? Adverts all the way up to like some of the greatest movies ever made. Like, I suppose when you get, you get the call or whatever email, I don't know, from your agent, um, (laughs) there's this little thing called Prometheus, like, you know, the prequel to prequel, sequel, prequel, sequel to Alien. I I should fucking know this because basically Alien, the saga is my favourite of all Alien is my favorite movie yeah. of all time. Um, did you Did you have a little bit of a whoa moment? Oh my god, I'm going to be working with the man.
2: Yeah, I mean, totally. But I'm I'm sort of you know we we didn't know what we were doing. I think we a lot of our stuff was cut. We don't you, It's all top secret. You never see a script. You never know. You you try and learn what you're doing from your costume, <laughs> you know, that's fitted <laughs> on you. So I worked out we were archaeologists and uh, or assistants, but we were sort of SAs really. Um
1: yeah.
2: and we, what's an essay? Like a, a supporting artist like an extra okay. but they they hired they I mean we, we didn't I think we were going to, we improvised lines we shot it lots of different ways but um mm. I think people look for me in that film and like what and she's not in this film but um yeah it was it was an amazing scene there it was obviously it was shot 3D so there was like these incre- Just the toys on that shoot was uh, amazing, yeah.
1: Mind-blowing.
2: But still, if I'm doing a theatre job, people will turn up at stage door with white gloves on and they ask you to put white gloves on and then you sign all their stuff and they'll have like a suitcase full of stuff because there's so much collectors. There's lots of people out there who are trying to get everyone involved in the whole Alien franchise and stuff like that
1: oh i see okay good god yeah no this is so, a massive world you, isn't it
2: yeah so if you you don't you're not they're really you, you basically get lots of instructions about how to sign the bloody poster but please yeah. make sure you don't breathe on it don't touch anyone else's signatures <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: no i know i know yeah I, I can imagine it's like the beatles but in but in film it's as simple as that it's, uh, I get, it's just yeah. excitement
2: yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's lovely seeing people genuinely. It, I know they're like extreme hobbyists are. I don't think I think they're the best of us actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, what, what movies? What movies were you into when you were a kid? Like the sort of like catchy. Uh, I've just got
2: a lifelong a, a lifelong passion for like Nora Ephron and a good rom Kong. To be honest.
1: Oh, have you read? Her, I mean, have you read like, her book?
2: No, I've got. I, I really want to, but that's uh, that's what I like. I, I say a good rom com. It's not an easy thing to achieve. We all know how many there are on Netflix when we scroll down.
0: Yeah, there's not yeah, many good, yeah.
2: really, really special ones, but I, yeah. I love them when well, they're I'm, good. I, I,
1: I, I, I could sit in front of all day. I could sit in front of Notting Hill and uh, for weddings. I, I, and yeah. then and then there's the whole Nora Ephron thing. Sleeps in Seattle, whatever. We watched um Have You Got Mail the other yeah. day, and I I just I fucking loved it. It's brilliant, I, I isn't it? it? Yeah, because when I was growing up, I'm like this. It was like 90, 98 or something or ninety six. I can't remember which. And I, I was a bit of a petulant little boy and you know teenager. And I was like, what's this? You've got mail rom com shit, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> went to the cin- went to the cinema. I was like, "Oh, that was rubbish," and then watched it yesterday or a few days ago rather. And I was like, "Oh, that was great writing. That was funny. It was so good. Mm. It, adre- it addressed issues. David versus Goliath and all that." Sorry, you go <laughs> you go on. Sorry. Oh no no no! You go. You carry on. It's your turn. I'm well, so it, sorry.
2: It's about hardly. This delay.
1: No, it's right. It's not your fault. It's the world's fault. It's the ether above us and around us. Oh, I sound like a conspiracy theorist now. Um, um, (laughs) I've got the right haircut and the beard, so I could, you know. I think conspiracy theorists
2: are becoming normalised. They are getting more and more normalised in society, aren't they? Like, more and more people are saying, like, yeah, my brother brother thinks it's 5G. It's getting closer and closer to real people. (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly exactly my cat i swear my cat yeah. my cat my cat meows in a particular way <laughs> that um permeates the electrodes around the room that that's how that's how corona is spread i'm telling yeah. you jenny i'm telling well, you right now have you got a right cat it.
2: yeah and i'm yeah. glad you, get, I'm the glad fuck, you pointed. get the fuck
1: out yeah well yeah. spotted <laughs> get out your house or let them get out you know. um yeah no it's, it's cool because I, I i love talking about films and i love just going um I love going hell for leather for rom-coms as well, especially right now, because it's all a little bit crazy in the world. Um, And I I, I watched When Harry Met Sally the other day. I mean, not for the first time, obviously. But what? I mean, God, again, Billy, Billy Crystal, you know, Uh, and Meg Ryan. Oh, my Lord. Did you you ever have a a thing for that film when you were growing up? Yeah, I think I saw
2: it quite late, actually. I was always a bit sort of, I felt a bit, I, I knew about the famous scene before I'd seen the film. And, I, and if you know too much about that film, you're like, "Oh, what are they? I don't. What is this? What are they going?" You know. But then I yeah. saw the film, and I uh, obviously it's it's about a lot more than the famous scene. It's beautiful. It's about v- vulnerability, isn't it?
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Um, but yeah, I love it. I've even, I've I've been to the. I've had um, the salt beef at the place and stuff like that. Oh, you have. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> a magical city a magical place indeed um I do, yeah I, I I fucking miss it because every time I've been there I've had the most amazing insane experiences I've only I think I've been there three times once with my uh once with my band years and years and years ago and when when New York was still New York um mm. and then went to see Tom Petty there about 10 years later and then and went went there with my wife about five years after that and progressively seen the city change but it's it mm. just astonishing some of the bars they knocked down in new york were just
0: fucking
1: criminal but anyway
0: mm.
1: this isn't a show about bars and drinking <laughs> in new york it this can is, be <laughs> yeah um so um you obviously you're not a, uh, a you're not a stranger to the screen everyone's going to know you from fleabag and you had for me the most pivotal other, other than obviously protagonist, whatever, but the most, you know, the most pivotal role in that film. And Oh my God, the most fucking heartbreaking role in that film. When you was, when you got that script, were you like, Oh yeah, this, this is good. This is the, this is the real fucking deal here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the only answer to that question. I think, yes. I think you, I think it was just like, if people don't like this, then fine. that's absolutely fine what we know because I do I think I think it says something important and I think Phoebe was it's always a risk no one knows things are going to work no one knows things are going to click there's loads of people who don't like the script or who didn't like I don't know casting choices or many many um aspects of it were not given you know so when when they won all those awards and they're, they're accepting the awards, it, it it was it is still genuinely surprising. You never you, you you think oh if if I saw this I'd like it, but you just don't know what the rest of the world did. So for like the older generation to love it and that that was the nicest surprise. It was cross generational, and I was like I I don't know how you've done that, but you've done it on BBC Three. It was. This, when it when we did it, everyone went. Oh, never mind. It's just BBC Three and it's gone online. Never mind. Um, we'll watch it. I'll watch it. Send me the link. I'll try, you know, I'll I'll try to find it.
1: I'll share it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'll try to find it if I can. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and then it, BBC Three has proved a heavenly place for British comedy and.
1: Uh, all our favorite people are there now aren't they oh god yeah and and bbc3 and and six music as well you'd have to say like those are the two shining lights you know yeah Uh, i'm absolutely yeah obsessed with six music at the moment um but the yeah that that role man like i I mean if i'm an actor and no one knew who philly philly Phoebe Waller-Bridge was at, at that time, particularly. Philly's
2: better, Philly's better.
1: Ph- Philly, sounds, <laughs> Philly sounds cooler, let's
0: face it. it. Let's just yeah, put let's, it out there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, No, I think I, uh, a lot of people said so she had a big following with the stage show. So I, I saw the stage show in 2014 and then I was cast to do a read through of the pilot, which was the pitch to the uh, production companies in 2015. And most of the cast who you know were at that read through, uh, so it was just for thirty minutes, and then, um, and then you know you don't know if they're going to take it, and then at every stage because I, I I was unknown and and everything you you ex, you expectation managed so you're just like oh I won't be used for the pilot or oh they'll recast when they shoot the whole series or I mean my main thought was to be honest Boo's dead so it's not going to be a whole lot of miles there i have a few lines in the pilot and and every time you're like oh i'm really pleased but don't but expectation manage. oh i'm really pleased but expectation managed um and if you boost parts actually very small it's just that uh she they just put snap, snips of her. we i didn't shoot very much you know they just used the little bits quite a lot there was one day which they were had to walk in the road it was my last day of filming was all the crying and, I, and that was that was a hard day. That was a really hard day. But if you look at the script of Fleabag, it, I, I was like, Phoebe, I'm going to get you back for this because it just says Boo is crying. Next page, Boo is crying. Next page, Boo is crying. <laughs> I, was, I just said, one day I'm going to write a feature where there's this girl crying in a dry, arid desert for an hour and a half. And we're going to film it for six months. And I'm going to cast you. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: yeah i i I completely get that i wrote a film and we've put it together shot it in feb Feb, was it november broke for a month then did it again in february and the actress oh my god (laughs) it's a fucking brutal movie it's a brutal film it's 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 nay laugh a minute put it that way (laughs) anyway she got to the end of this film and she didn't want to speak to me again and i was like fine fine I got I get it. it I got the footage yeah I got it f- but it's 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 brutal you know I was thinking about this last night just how much you've got to you got to get the old fucking tears going and and but also the beautiful intensity that you have in those snippets with Phoebe are absolutely incredible man they're, they're, that's that's I'm gonna say it that's acting
2: oh well thanks that's uh that's very kind <laughs> yeah it was um i think sometimes you feel very safe to go go places you know it's quite pretentious but i think no but it, it, it's
1: true though isn't it because you do need that level of trust between the person you're um working with working off you don't know if they're going to give it back to you for example you know you could oh my god yeah there's so much at stake and and it and a lot of fuckload riding on it and I, I don't know how your filming process was but was it was it one take two take move on or
2: uh, I suppose different it was very fast you know it's impossible to imagine how small the budget was for Fleabag both series it's BBC three budget you know and mm. uh it was fast so you for the for some of the more in, the intense scenes with uh Phoebe uh, there were rewrites going on at the same time. And she was often having to go and do a location check two minutes later, or like, I can't tell you how hard she worked. It, it, watching her was, you know, from 5 a.m. till midnight, she was either on her laptop or filming a scene or uh, dealing with a problem for two weeks later. She just gave everything to it. Yeah. But what, what I won't have again very often is the writer um, there with me. And if Boo was talking to camera for the whole time, Phoebe was always behind that camera. So that's that was a very generous thing she did. Was that she she I never shot anything without Phoebe there, which meant that that relationship um, I was always very secure that it was always about Boo and Fleabag. Boo and Fleabag.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, in, in terms of attention to detail and and making sure the emotional, like the lineal, the um, umbilical link between everything was always there
2: yeah i suppose the only one i did without her was uh, walking to the traffic um that was the only one i did without her yeah
1: yeah so she was exceptionally hands-on throughout the whole piece the, the whole piece and that whole yeah
2: work. and aside from her genius her brilliance you can credit the a lot of the success of the show with her being involved in it all the time, I would say, yeah. I think she was given huge creative freedom.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean that, but that's unique, isn't it? That, but, but I think you know, just just to boil it down, someone's read that and it's fallen to the right hands, and they've gone, "This is what we need to do," and and it's been allowed to fly, and now it's glory. It's
2: glorious, isn't it? I really hope that there's there's a lot more trusting creatives going forward that you know they can make quite senior decisions about their stuff i hope i hope that will have a really good effect on not too many people at the top having opinions too soon you know
1: yeah yeah absolutely like um, you know you've got to you've got to as william blake said you've got to let the arrow fly you can't just you can't you can't keep th- can't keep think you can't keep changing things to to presuming what people want it's like you said earlier yeah. about an older, older older audience absolutely loving it because older people don't want to be fucking patronized believe it or not they don't you know putting mrs brown boys on for like oh my god in heaven you know it's it's insane and and i don't know there is a, a level of um risk taking in, in, in everything and in every form of art but when fleabag's on the telly you go there's no risk there this is just genius yeah, but it's easy but there are some yeah but so exactly some people would just be like nah no not taking that risk yeah i mean you know yeah God, so that's so sad uh, do you do you do any writing at all
2: i do yeah i'm um I'm involved I'm, i tend not to write from it tends not to be my work as the primary text i really enjoy collaborating and adapting so i've got three projects on at the moment one is um, it's a vaudeville piece it's like tap dancing and vaudeville about nannies two, two child minders um, and then I've adapted five monologues about Florence Nightingale um, which is going to be a play uh, my mum's a novelist and she she's sort of a world expert on Florence Nightingale so she wrote all these monologues about the people who knew her And then I've tried to dramatise them. And then the third project is um, I'm helping someone adapt the life story of Hibba Wadir, who's an amazing, amazing woman. She's been uh, fighting the fight against FGM in Britain. And she wrote a book of her story called Cut, which we are uh, adapting. Oh,
1: amazing. Um, I was at the... um... Union Chapel for FGM um, awareness uh, charity raising night uh, that um, the Guilty Feminist um, Ladies put yeah,
2: together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hebrew might, she, I'm sure she will have been there. She's like... Oh, yeah. She's a, she's a powerhouse. But the book is about her story, but it's also about specifically about FGM in Britain. So there's lots of people working all over the world, but she's she's taking it on in this country. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's been we'll have to pick that up again that that's going to be initially I think it's going to be drafted for screen but I don't know what will happen but we're going to fill it with music it's actually a very happy joyful piece and the woman I'm doing it with is um, CJ Ranger who did the Only Falls and Horses musical so it's not going to be dark and sad
1: (laughs) Wow, that's awesome! So we're, we're talking about um, a journey, then, really. People um, that their experience with it, having to—I mean, I suppose with every—what you say? Tra- yeah, every trauma, you, you've got to be able to at least there has to be something within the mind that that pulls you through it. Um, yeah, and
2: the thing about Hibou is that she came over to England. I think she was uh, twenty in her very early twenties. And she has been in love with Britain from the moment she stepped off the, the, the plane. So she can tell you, firstly, she's met everyone, but she can twerk, she does selfies. She knows every, she can quote lines off uh, 90s sitcoms. She loves this country so much. And she's brought up loads of kids here who have, you know, completely thriving. And it, it's actually a bit of a love story to the UK. She's very grateful for the, you know, what it, our country educated her and, but at the same time <laughs> underneath that, yeah, there's a, there's like a, a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I mean, FG, FGM, I can't, I can't um, speak with any authority on it, but I, I, I have. I have great uh, empathy and, and trying to understand where what the fuck is going on with that and that's over two years you know of, of my wife my sister-in-law um not so much educating me but just pointing me in the right directions and yes, stuff you know yeah. um try to to get a chat with a couple of politicians about it uh, back when i was playing yeah. on about po- politics and um it's a very it's a fucking tricky subject because it's it's so so dark so dark and and you've got to be able to to bring it to people in a way that they can under they can
2: not relate in
1: a way you know
2: and hibu would say talk 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 you know she's very she uses big words Very, she's she's up talking to the police one day then she's she does these huge talks about it and I, i suppose a lot of it does come down to men talking about it as well you know there's a yeah it's very useful for young men to go, I don't want to marry someone with this. That's quite a useful, I, I don't want to sleep with women who are in pain. You know, things like that yeah. are very useful in the fight is the, yeah. the, the, the male viewpoint. Yeah. That's what's oh, changing a lot in Africa, I think as well. There's protests run by men. That's really striking for some of the clergy out there and the older generation.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It has to start with like, it, it's, it has to start with men and, and, and we had that with the Me Too movement, you know, and it's all mm. combined of course, but the, when blokes get off their asses and actually start realising, you know, it, it, it works two ways.
2: It's, some it's, and some young men don't even, they didn't even know it. You know, they said, oh yeah, my sister, they knew that their sister might have terrible labours. They knew that their sister might have to go to hospital after their wedding, but it was never explained why and then they're sort of mortified when they find out it's
1: just mind-bending as i suppose it's the 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 entrenchment of tradition um and especially when it's um taken from one country to over here in some in some cases like it's it's becoming less and less of a thing in other countries where it originated but in in great britain it, it 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 becomes more um purified more intense to keep the tradition alive you know to to
2: yeah, and I also think, I think that's true. I also think that people really, really feel that you might be doing wrong by your daughter if you don't do it.
1: Mm, exactly. And you
2: yeah. really feel that. So that's a, a, such, such an emotive, it's well, got really, such an emotive, I'm, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you're, you're getting involved with that. That sounds absolutely fucking amazing. It sounds really important. And like you said, like you, you, you've got to just keep talking, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm I'm new to... What I love is Hebrew, you know, so aside from the FGM stuff, there's a magnificent story to be told there about such a brilliant woman. Also, she we can look at our country through her eyes. It's, it makes you feel, for once, it makes you feel really happy to be English or British, you know. Yeah. So we're going to try and make a very joyful piece, big yeah, and bad. To... Yeah.
1: yeah, great, because it's hard to be – it's hard – it's been difficult to be proud um of certain aspects of our society the last few four years or so yeah yeah um, and we feel
2: very insular and exclusive and but like uh, we're trying to get in all her her kids she brought up all these kids in walthamstow and their their music and their world and their school and their all their joy Happy Where
1: whereabouts where, where are you based
2: i'm from watford but i live in camden so I'm not, okay, I, wow, I haven't Camden. flown very
0: far <laughs> from the
2: next, <laughs> I've gone down the M1 15 minutes, that's it, yeah. Are you, are you,
1: are you near your parents?
2: Five doors down, yeah. Fuck
1: no way, Yeah. that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. How, how long they lived in Camden for?
2: Uh, about seven years, and I, oh, I okay. yeah, I've lived in London for 15 years, but they've, um, they moved, they, they sold our house and bought a little flat, yeah.
1: Sweet. So you've lived all over London. Where have you lived in London then?
2: I was in, I just did the classic thing. I was in Hackney. Yeah. Like while they were building the overground, you know, the bridges landed over the roads as we were coming home from our nights out. And then uh, moved to Camden because my husband had a job in Birmingham at the time. So I was commuting from Euston a lot. It just happened that way. And then um, love it here. Love, you know, love the heath and everything, but won't be able to stay much longer. Have to oh, work really? out what to do. Well, I've got 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 a baby and got I've got a five year old and a six month old. So, we're gonna, oh, congrats! Oh, thanks. So we're gonna we're we're gonna have to work out what we do next. I'm not yeah. sure what
1: it'll be. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, the, is the lockdown really screwing you guys?
2: Oh, as much as anyone else. You know, it's yeah. it's it's quite claustrophobic, but we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, we're okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. No, I, I I say Camden with such exclamation because I've never. I've never spoken to anyone from Camden before, which is extraordinary because I don't know. It's so fucking hip. It's so cool. Is or, it? Or it? used to be. It used, it used to be. <laughs> it used to be. There is not say. one
2: punk on that lock anymore. That I don't think there is one. There might I be. Know. I might have seen one once in the last five years, but it's not you, the one we ever, remember from our from our teams.
1: I, were you ever there? Were you ever doing that, hanging out?
2: Oh yeah, I used to go and buy one incense stick and then go. <laughs> And then go home <laughs> back to Watford. Maybe like Sweet. a studded choker,
1: and then go home. <laughs> God, I, I remember Camden so vividly, like it was yesterday. Was in great, bands and then, it? it was great, wasn't it? It's fabulous. Yeah, like just there's nothing quite like it because it was very raw back then. Like what? How I'm 38. Yeah. You're like you're you thir- you're 30s, 30, aren't 34.
2: you?
1: 34. Yeah, 34. 34. Yeah, so it's like oh man i i wouldn't what i wouldn't give to just reverse those camp the days of the camden crawl did you ever go to camden crawl
2: is i uh
1: rock bands
2: oh yeah i used to i mean i i dated someone who was in a punk band from watford and i used to like be i used to go along to all these things i loved every pub was full of music though wasn't it in general yeah yeah
1: yeah, the the celebration, the lifeblood of London. But yeah, so just briefly before we we go, you 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 were also in in a fucking Oscar-winning movie, uh, the the favorite, or uh, you know that's yeah
2: yeah. Thank you. Yes, I, I was uh, I won those Oscars.
1: <laughs> you won all of them. I can't believe it. So obviously, again, starring alongside <laughs> Olivia Coleman. So she, well, how often did she turn to you and and go, is am I am I doing it right? Was it a lot?
2: She needed to a lot. I, I she, she should needed. have been doing it more.
1: She needed um, it.
2: <laughs> um, that's another film where no one knew where it was going to go. I, I I was on the set with these actors and they were all like, I was like, how's it been going? Because we had to do this rehearsal period that's quite, like, people, quite well known now that they m- made everyone rehearse for f- three or four weeks, which isn't done very often in film. And again, there was no budget on that, so I had to, dro- I, I drove up to Hatfield House, got put in a room where there was like PG Tips and Nescafe and like, that was it, I think. And then yeah. all these ma- ma- massive movie stars were walking. Emma Stone had ju- just won her Oscar for La La Land, like, on Sunday, and this was Tuesday. And I went into this room, and then we had to do, like, year one drama exercises, like, you know, do a roll down and do some piggybacks and all of this. I was like, I do- like what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, and then I went home... Came back a, whatever six weeks later, and they were well into the middle of it. And I said, "What's been going on?" And they all were walking around like there was all these animals everywhere. <laughs> they were walking around like we do not know what this is, and we're just we're just hoping that that guy does over there.
0: Yeah, and of God. course he did.
2: Of course he did. That yeah, that rehearsal well, process was brilliant. I hope loads of directors do it in the future.
1: And you look back on it, like you went to see it in the in the cinema. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I just thought, wow. Um, Yeah, I, well, watching stuff back is, you know, I was quite worried because the first moment I'm on is like being shagged against a tree. And that'd also be my first (laughs) moment on set in the dark with this poor guy, you know, who had been drafted. (laughs) It's like, you have these hilarious conversations like, yeah, hi, I'm Jenny, I'm from Watford, yeah. it's freezing isn't it It's so cold (laughs) and this guy was like so he was a supporting artist as well he was such a lovely guy and he was like just if if they see my bum I think I get an extra 200 quid and I was like don't you worry (laughs) we'll make sure they do (laughs)
0: um
2: those those are weird times um so that was the first thing I was like I don't want to watch that massively but it was actually really dark so that's fine um yeah and then uh I was really proud to be anywhere near it. Of course, anywhere yeah. near it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's wonderful. It's an amazing. It's an amazing film. It really took it took t- t- my imagination. I was like, halfway through this film, I was like, okay. Oh, okay. This yeah. is this is gonna be a cult classic. And then it won a fucking Oscar. So it was like, yeah. wow.
2: But I don't think they knew. I don't think they knew. I think there was this screening where Yorgos goes. Yorgos, there was the screening, and he went. Sometimes they like him. Sometimes they don't. You know. and... Hmm. i don't think he would necessarily be able to explain why but he was really fun and really irreverent all the time yeah. he was just joking and i'm sure i mean obviously he was taking elements a bit quite serious but
1: <laughs> yeah no of course but i mean when you're asking your actors and and, and crew to like go through this <laughs> rehearsal period and and you're just going to do it po-face it ain't going to work no one's going to want to get behind you but if yeah. you're you know, fun, charismatic person. You're bringing, you're br- essentially, you're responsible for bringing it alive. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of weight, and you've worked with two amazing writers directors. So you know, you're you're not you're not doing too badly, really.
2: Thank you. That's very
1: kind. <laughs> um, yeah, Talk to my accountant. No, that's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just fucking <laughs> say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I do, but I mean, she's so much. I, in fact, I pay more to her than I pay for my fucking tax bill. i mean, Jesus H Christ, you know. But maybe no, that's I, a good reason.
2: I. I, am I'm, I'm so grateful for the. It's always the people you work with, isn't it? And I, I liked your boss so much. There's,
1: yeah. Do Do you think Do you think that there's going to be uh, just yeah? I'm aware of, of time. Don't uh, Don't worry. I don't want to take the piss. No, too
2: it's much, fine. But, I've,
1: I've got time. It's fine. Okay. Do, do you, I mean? Because my thing is, like, you wouldn't know. I'm a right. I'm a. a I'm a gardener full time. It's my job. I I do do this and then I write as well. I do yeah. a bit of screenwriting and yeah. um, I did my first short film last April and I've, I've got our first feature in the editing process. That but is so exciting. It's it's exciting, but it's also like, what the fuck's going to happen to the what's going to happen to the film industry, Jenny? What's Jenny? What's going to happen?
2: Well, I think it's really anyone who's got any good content at the moment is worth their weight in gold. We're gonna have next year, there's gonna be nothing. It's yeah. a really exciting time to have a product, I think. Yeah, yeah, if you can get it through the edit without, you know, with COVID, if you can get it through. And I just think any, everyone at, at the, the big distributors are gonna be, I mean, it's unlike, it might not be at a cinema for a while, but mm. I think people must be desperate for. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, just, I just wonder if there's a way out. Um... For people, if movies are going to get made, like I know that sounds—that's very broad a question, a bit um, macro. But I think certainly, I, I just don't see how it's going to happen.
2: Well, I—I I was talking to my agent, and she, there's lots of conversations I know going on about how a film set would work. She went. She, she was. She was like, "Yeah, normal people probably would not get made at the moment, <laughs> but um, they're finding ways. They're finding ways. I think they're just going to." I think I I sent a tape in the other day for something that seemed to have been written with social distancing in mind.
0: Oh, Every, really? Okay. Yeah,
2: there was a lot of people walking around outside on their own.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But maybe, maybe, I, d- I don't know. Testing I think people get test I
1: don't know. It's te- it's testing and isolation, isn't it? I can see massive fucking movies doing okay because they can just isolate, lock down a studio and test the fuck out of everyone and go, right, you guys are sleeping here, you guys you're not seeing your families for three weeks. Yeah, that's or what Disney and people will do, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I also think that the, there's the middle ground so like people like me who do micro, micro, micro budget movies that can, like you said, just literally just write a script for four, for two people.
2: They're the most exciting things though, aren't they? I think.
1: Right. You know, they, re- I think you, yeah, they definitely are. I'll send, I'll send you some, I'll send you a link to my, um, short film. It's got the guy from the, the archers in it that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. David I'd love
2: it. I'd be, I'd be honored Tim to see Benton. it.
1: Oh, that's yeah. sweet of you. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's exciting. I, 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 if you, you know, you're a writer, you know, it's just, it's it's there for the taking like you said like if you've got any content now or ability to make it um and also you just got,
2: you got, got keep going that's all that's the thing isn't it yeah i think the. i think i do i've been wondering about um i had a conversation with a literary agent friend who was saying it's quite hard for writers now who've had ideas that don't involve covid mm. you know because that's Everything's going to be informed by it now. Anything that doesn't mention it, that's set in the present, that doesn't address it, it's a statement. It's a statement if you address it or if you don't address it. So I don't know how how that's going to. I mean, it's quite fun for people like EastEnders; they can they can go for it. But
0: yeah, are we uh, just going
2: to have COVID-informed dramas for the next ten years? Maybe we are.
1: Yeah, and, and, and then and also the documentaries, the the films about it, the, the the personal um experiences and stuff, which could be yeah exciting but also dangerously repetitive and depressing. But I uh, fuck it, I don't give a shit. If it's I'm good, excited for it.
2: that to happen though, because that might mean it's over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, um it's been so lovely talking to you, Jenny. You too, Honestly, thank for you. Having me. Well thank well, thanks for um giving me your time and going yes essentially so much of my life is right now is just about people going yes and uh because of covid that's probably like the 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 plus side of it is that people are able to just sit in there wherever you are bedroom living room or something and and just go okay i'll chat i mean mean, i'm in my fucking living room so who gives a shit right
2: well also it's just nice when people are uh, uh, driving things forward you know doing stuff it's really attractive so I really oh, salute you.
1: Oh, thanks.
2: That's yeah, it's sweet. nice. We've got to keep talking to each other. It's the most important thing, isn't it? One way or another. Yeah, no. And actually podcasts yeah. are the, you know, a lot isn't work. A lot of stuff is hard, isn't it? TV sh- with Zoom in it is hard. And people will say like choirs on Zoom aren't working. But one thing that really does work is spoken word stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree, man. Totally. I just, I, um. I just, I, as much as I'm, you know, enjoying it, I just hope it doesn't go on for much longer. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah. I hope you get everything you want for your podcast and then it will stop. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I just hope all my lovely, beautiful guests that are coming onto the show stay alive and then we'll be all fine. Yeah. yeah. God, absolutely awful. But anyway, um, thank you so much. And um, I'll send, I'll send a thank you and stuff to um, your agent who, by the way, is fucking lovely. Jess is absolutely adorable like probably the nicest uh, person I've spoken to over like three years oh great
0: your poor wife
1: (laughs) yeah oh yeah oh well there you go what can I say she's not here so it doesn't matter she's not here she's in Suffolk
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah (laughs) um brilliant well and I'm cool I probably have to apologize to the um London theatre critics about slamming their practice but Oh, they're right, not not yeah, bad. sure. They're not bad. No. They're nice
1: when they say so <laughs> nice things, aren't they? That's the way of the game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. It's the shade and sun and all that kind of thing. When it's good, it's good, it's bad, it's bad, yeah. yeah.
2: Anyway. Anyway,
1: Jenny, take care.
2: You too.
1: Bye. Thanks, my love. Bye.
0: Twist it. She's coming over. Twist on me. Twist on them. Twist on you.